Hello, this is Jana, and I'm here with another episode of The Dutch Hotel, The Duel, Part 1. Norman was the new chauffeur at the Dutch Hotel. He lovingly cared for the hotel's three luxury cars, including a Rolls-Royce Silver Shadow. But he himself didn't own a car. He lived a few miles up the road from the hotel in Kilburn and rode to work on his electric scooter. Dave, one of the bellhops, went one better and had an electric skateboard which he used in Hyde Park where he effortlessly sailed past all the foot-powered skateboarders. Now, as you may know, the Dutch hotel was managed by Alan and his wife Angeliki. Their two children, Yogi and Nafsi, both wanted electric scooters or skateboards for their birthdays, and their mother said, no, absolutely not, because they were way too dangerous, especially in central London with all the hostile traffic. In fact, strictly speaking, E-scooters weren't yet legal on the roads, not even in the cycle lanes, and certainly not on the pavements. But of course, Norman didn't know about Angeliki's views on electric scooters, and so sometimes he let the kids ride his scooter around the mews at the back of the hotel, which was very quiet, so nothing too terrible could happen there. He did say that they both had to wear their bike helmets, though. The surface of the mews wasn't exactly ideal for scooting, It was made of cobbles, and it was extra bumpy. But that also made it kind of fun. One day in the holidays, they were particularly pleased because Dave let them try out his electric skateboard. It did take a bit of getting used to, as Nafsi realised when she fell off and grazed her arm. She hoped her mum wouldn't notice when she got back to the apartment at the hotel. While Norman was in the garage polishing the angel on the bonnet of the rolls, Nafsi and Yogi tried a race to see which was fastest, the skateboard or the scooter. They started at one end of the mews, just under the arch that ran through the building, and Yogi called out, Get ready! Get set! Go! And off they went, bumpity-bump over the cobbles, both laughing, with Nafsi on the skateboard in the lead by a nose. As both of them had to slow down before reaching the end of the mews, It was a little difficult to say for sure who had won. So after arguing for a minute or two, they decided to race back up the mews to the arch. Only this time, Yogi was on the skateboard and Nafsi was riding the scooter. When they had swapped vehicles, Yogi looked around and said, That's odd. Does the mew seem different to you? Well, yes, it does, agreed Nafsi. The door to the garage is green, not white, and somebody's hung some washing up on a line. They like baggy clothes, whoever they are. They rode back up the arch, not racing, but at normal speed. Even before they took a look down the street, they heard the clip-clop of horses' hooves. That wasn't totally unusual. Horses do live in London, but when they went through the arch, They both saw something that they had only seen in a Sherlock Holmes movie. The horse was pulling a two-wheeled hansom cab, a kind of horse-drawn taxi, and the driver was sitting high up behind the cab, wearing a cloak and a broad-brimmed hat to keep the drizzling rain off his face. 
Do you know what I'm thinking? asked Yogi. And Nafsi replied, Yes, because I'm thinking the same. Nothing is like it usually is. There should be a double yellow line along the road, and there isn't. Look at the street lights, Yogi. They're different. They're made of iron and have glass lamps at the top. You see that girl over there? Yogi looked at where Nafsi was pointing, and they saw a girl sweeping the steps of a house across the road but she was wearing a very old-fashioned black-and-white uniform. Are the people here ghosts? asked Yogi. I'm not too sure, but I've got the feeling that maybe we are the ghosts, because we shouldn't be here. This is like 200 years ago. Who says we shouldn't be here? Mum and Dad run this hotel, even if they are 200 years in the future. Let's go and see what it's like inside. So the kids walked around the corner to the front of the hotel. Nafsi pushed her scooter along, and Yogi carried the skateboard under his arm. A smart doorman was standing on the steps wearing a red uniform with white pinstripes on his trousers. I know him, said Nafsi right away. He came to our New Year's Eve party. Yeah, loads of ghosts turned up for that, said Yogi. Shall we see if he remembers us? So they went up to the steps of the hotel. Excuse me, sir, said Nafsi. Do you remember meeting us? You were at our New Year's Eve party. The doorman looked down at them. Well, now, if you aren't the most peculiar pair of children I ever did see he said. Well, we're dressed like this because we're from the future, said Nafsi. And you must know about that because we've seen you in the future. You see, our father Alan and our mother Angeliki are the managers of the Dutch hotel, or at least they will be in the future. The doorman scratched his head. I really don't understand what in the world you're talking about, he replied. If you don't believe us, just watch this. said Yogi excitedly. Then he put the e-skateboard on the ground, stood on it, and made it go forward before hopping off. See? I bet you've never seen anything like that before, because it hasn't even been invented yet, he declared. Well, no, I, I can't say I've seen anything like that. Not here in London, anyway. That's because you haven't been to the future, yet. But we know that you will because we've already met you at our New Year's Eve party, said Nafsi. Now, you've really got me confused. Um, step inside and meet Mr Cooper, who's in charge of the reception. He claims to have visited the future more than once, and there's nothing he likes better than an audience for his tales. The inside of the hotel was surprisingly similar to its future self. In particular, the kids noticed the huge reception desk made out of walnut wood. When they took over the hotel, it was scraped, scuffed and covered in dust. Their dad had worked for three days in his garage to restore the desk to its former glory. As for the room itself, the future builders rescued a small piece of the plaster cornice and ordered copies so that they could return the ceiling to its former glory. The black and white marble floor was no different all glistening and shiny. 
Of course, some of the details were different. Candles instead of computer screens shimmered in the corners of the reception. But all in all, the kids saw that their dad and the builders had done a pretty good job of keeping the hotel lobby historically accurate. Mr. Cooper himself stood behind the reception desk. His appearance was not exactly warm and welcoming, as would be required in a modern hotel. If anything, his foreboding appearance might make you want to turn around and head straight home. Yogi thought he looked like an angry headteacher. You couldn't fault him for his smartness, though. He wore a dark suit with a wing collar and burgundy red tie. Uh, Mr. Cooper, sir, said the doorman. You may be interested to meet these two peculiar-looking but highly respectable young persons, seeing as they say they have come directly from the future. The expression on Mr. Cooper's face changed immediately. All of a sudden, he was wearing a friendly smile. Well, 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 if it isn't Miss Nafsian Master Yogi, what a delightful surprise. What brings you here to the present day? Well, er, uh, sir, we came here by accident, said Nafsi. Just like I did when I met you in the future. You know, Edward... He said, turning to the doorman. The future is the most remarkable place. Miss Nafsi and Master Yogi could tell you about a thousand marvels that would make your head quite dizzy with disbelief. Only it is all true. They've demonstrated their vehicles, sir, said the doorman. That move by themselves without any pushing or pulling. Most remarkable, said Mr. Cooper. Excuse me, sir, said Yogi. But I think this is the first time that we've met you. We've seen Edward the Dorman at our New Year's party, only he doesn't remember seeing us. Ah, yes, said Mr. Cooper, tapping the desk. It can get all very confusing. I do believe that when I met you last, you were a little bit taller than you are now. Well, that would explain it, said Nafsi. We only moved into the hotel a few months ago. We're probably going to meet you a bit later. And although we've already met Edward, he hasn't had time to meet us yet. If that makes any sense. Yes, I, I believe it does, said Mr. Cooper. Well, 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 what can I do for you two? Would you care for some tea and cake? That would be very nice, thank you, said Nafsi. We've had Victoria sponge cake before, but we've never had real Victorian cake. So you're in for a treat, said Mr. Cooper. Take a seat in the drawing room. Edward will show you the way. But of course, you know where it is. You live in the hotel, or, or you will do in about 170 or so years from now. The kids thanked Mr. Cooper and went through the double doors into what was called the Amsterdam Room in the modern era. The name was supposed to evoke the Dutch history of the hotel. They sat down at a table, and before long, a maid brought them an ornate silver tea service as well as some pretty rose-patterned cups and plates. The cake stand had three different types of cake. Victoria sponge, 
ginger cake and fruit cake. The maid said that they should try a small piece of each so as not to miss out on any of the delicious cakes. The kids agreed. Yogi's mouth was too full of cake to speak. But Nafsi asked the maid if she knew about the Dutch brothers who owned the hotel. Oh, yes, of course, she said. That would be Mr. Lucas and Mr. Levi. We heard a story, said Nafsi, that they both loved the same girl and that they fought a duel. And that's why the hotel's haunted. As she spoke, the maid's cheeks flushed bright red. Well, little miss, I've heard something like that story too. But I can tell you, it's a lot of gossip. There's no truth in the matter at all. Oh, well, that's a pity, said Nafsi, because it's quite a romantic story. But of course, it's not nice about them shooting each other in the duel. Shooting each other, you say? asked the maid. It's just a story, said Nafsi. I'm sure it's not true. But in our time, in the future, the hotel uses it in their marketing literature. According to the story, which of course is totally made up. Did the brother survive? asked the maid. Oh no, in the story they killed each other and that's why they're ghosts in the hotel. But of course, we know there aren't exactly ghosts. Is more like time travellers, said Yogi. Oh, right, said the maid, now looking more pale than red. Goodness me, what a story that is. Mr Lucas and Mr Levi murdering each other. How can such a terrible thing happen right here at the hotel? Oh, they didn't shoot each other at the hotel, said Yogi. According to the story, they did it in Hyde Park. In Hyde Park? Well, that's hardly any better, is it now? cried the maid, who hurried off rather suddenly. Do you know what? said Nafsi. I don't think we should mention the story of the jewel anymore. It only seems like a romantic story for us, because it happened so long ago, before we were born. But for anyone who is alive now, it might be a bit upsetting, even if it's not true. It's not true yet, said Yogi. But I see what you mean. We won't mention it to anyone. After tea and cake, the kids went to thank Mr Cooper for the hotel's hospitality. And Nafsi added, But I think we'd better get going now before our parents wonder where we've gone. Or we could wait and see them in 200 years' time, laughed Yogi. They both assumed that if they raised their e-scooter and e-skateboard along the mews, they would slip back into the present. But however much they raced, they were still stuck in the past. Eventually, they gave up and returned to the lobby to explain their predicament to Mr Cooper. This is my advice, he said after he'd heard them out. Based on my experience, you have to return at the same time of day that you arrived. In this case, that would be around 11 o'clock tomorrow morning. But our mother will be having kittens, exclaimed Nafsi. Mr Cooper scratched his head, somewhat puzzled. I mean, our parents will be ever so worried if we are away for a whole day and night. But you won't be away any time at all, 
said Mr. Cooper. You will most likely return at exactly the same time as you left. Oh, that's a relief, said Nafsi. But where can we stay for the night? That much is easy to solve. We're a hotel. We have rooms. But we don't have any old-fashioned money, said Yogi, pulling a modern one-pound coin out of his pocket. Pay? Why should you pay? You live in the hotel, albeit about 170 years in the future. Now, let me see. We have the princess's suite available for Miss Nafsi, and the prince's suite available for young Master Yogi. I trust that you will find your stay with us comfortable, even if the conveniences of the year 1855 are somewhat primitive compared to the scientific improvements of the future. Well, we know that you have better cake than what we are used to, so I expect that everything else will be just as good. I do so hope your confidence in us will prove justified. Their confidence was much more than justified. The Dutch Hotel of 1855 was as luxurious as any modern hotel. Although, in order to have a bath, you had to ring a bell and ask the valet or maid to bring hot water in buckets. The staff laid out clothes so that the children would not look conspicuous in their modern dress. The clean and freshly clothed children ate a huge dinner at the dining hall. The plates and silver platters kept on coming. Soup, fish, roast pheasant, green beans, berries, treacle pudding and pastries. The kids were waddling back into the lobby when they saw two young men coming down the wide staircase. They instantly knew who they were because they were identical twins. They had to be the Dutch brothers who owned the hotel. But they were not on brotherly terms. In fact, they were arguing loudly in a foreign language. When they reached the ground floor, one of them pushed the other. The one who was pushed grabbed an inkpot off the reception desk and hurled it at the other. His blue coat was covered in ink. Then there followed even more shouting, shoving and words that were presumably not very polite. It ended up with one of the pair shouting in Cooper, English. Find us pistols and seconds for tomorrow. I shall shoot my brother dead or I shall take a bullet from him. And that was the first part of The Duel in our series, The Dutch Hotel. Do you think the brothers will shoot each other? Tune in soon to Story Nori to find out. And as we are recording this at the start of July, we would like to wish all our American friends happy independence from us day. We do hope you have a wonderful holiday and find time to listen to some of our stories. And now, let's catch up with our sponsor, Athletic Greens. Every day when I return from my early morning walk, I look forward to my favourite drink of the day, AG1 from Athletic Greens. I love it when I open the pack and smell the fruity aroma of the green powder, which I mix with cold water and shake well. 
It's now very much part of my daily routine. And it's even better because I know it's packed with 75 vitamins, superfoods, minerals, probiotics and adaptogens for stress, anxiety and fatigue. AG1 is easy to knock back. I take my drink on an empty stomach and feel settled and ready for the day. I always look forward to my morning drink of AG1. It really is a great way to boost your immune system. So this is perfect for you busy grown-ups in the family. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water each morning. That's it. No need for a million different vitamins and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash story. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash story to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, here's Bertie with a poem for summer. Bed in Summer by Robert Louis Stevenson In winter I get up at night And dress by the yellow candlelight In summer, quite the other way I have to go to bed by day I have to go to bed and see The birds still hopping on the tree Or hear the grown-up people's feet Still going past me on the street and does it not seem hard to you When all the sky is clear and blue And I should like so much to play To have to go to bed by day And that was Bed in Summer by Robert Louis Stevenson It reminds me of my own childhood My father was very English, perhaps a bit Scottish And very strict and he made me go to bed at six o'clock in the evening in summer. And I remember just how light it was. And the curtain was rather thin and all the sunlight came pouring through. And honestly, I did not go to sleep for a long, long time. And I kind of told stories to myself. Maybe that is when I started my kind of story writing mode. Anyway, I very much hope that you enjoyed this episode of The Dutch Hotel. And we shall tell you what happened in the story of The Duel. From me, Jana, at storynori.com. See you next.